0: This is Eitan Weinstein, and I'm Naor Menninger, and you're listening to Two
1: Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is sponsored by The Forward. Stay up to date with unlimited access to news, culture, and opinion all through a Jewish lens. And for our listeners, for 2NJB listeners, get six months of The Forward for 15 bucks. An exclusive subscription offer for our listeners, forward.com slash 2NJB, and get six months for 15 bucks. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at AJN.TimesOfIsrael.com. Naturally, there are feelings that we don't enjoy. Feelings we feel we'd be better off without. Hate, sadness, fear. Fear. What a useless emotion, right? Almost a century ago, at his inaugural address, a different inaugural address than we just had a few days ago, FDR said those now famous words, There is nothing to fear but fear itself. But hasn't fear been ensuring our survival since the dawn of our species? Would we really be nature's apex predator if we didn't have that cautious, neurotic, loss-averse coward we all do deep down inside? Kfir Itzhaki has been fascinated with fear all his life. He faced fear time and time again, as a professional martial art fighter, as a Fauda-style Mistaarev in, du- in the Duv Divan unit of the IDF, and as a citizen who stormed an Islamic terrorist during the Second Intifada. Today, Kfir lectures on fear and the art of dealing with fear. And his new book, Unconventional Weapon, is all about utilizing fear to our advantage. So we are super thrilled, not scared at all, to have Kfir Traki on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
2: Great. Thank you for having me. So. Before we start.
1: Yes, before we start. Um this episode, guys, in feel is sponsored by uh Masah Israel Journey. Okay. Yes. So if you're listening, you probably have some kind of interest in Israel. Uh well, Masa Israel Journey is the marketplace for long-term opportunities in Israel where you can explore your career path. Okay, you can live out your passions and make a positive impact on the world. During the pandemic, Masa also created options to study and work remotely from Israel. So you don't need to pause your life or you don't need to know Hebrew, but you do get funding when you apply. So learn more. All you have to do is go to masaisrael.org slash two nice Jewish boys. Fascinating opportunities. Yeah, really, really. You got to check them out, guys. I was on Massah programs myself. Uh, part of One of the big reasons I'm here today is because of Massah. So check yeah. them out, Massa Israel dot org slash two n uh two nice jewish boys spelled out two nice jewish boys yes all right so thank Let's you to, to our to sponsors
0: it. and hello fear hi how are you great
1: so you don't feel fear probably ever
0: well that's easy when you carry <laughs> right <laughs> earlier uh,
1: tell the story yeah, so i i picked up I th- what i thought was your phone and i was like wow it's really heavy but it <laughs> turned out to be a gun (laughs) so so tell us yeah (laughs) conceal carry well i wouldn't
0: fear anything if i had a gun but (laughs) well i have a gun and i fear a lot actually yeah yeah it's a it would be a genius book if you were like how to how to cope with fear and you open and own a gun and that's the book (laughs) right so what do you what do you fear
2: everything you fear Everything that everyone fears. That's the difference, I guess, is the way I fear and how I handle it and how I use it. So can you tell us
1: like your biggest fear?
2: I would say that um, my fears are changing and evolving as time goes by. So a couple of years ago, I would say that uh, this specific fear was the most intimidating and today maybe there's another fear for example before my uh, daughter's birth I remember that uh, my biggest fear was being out of control so and of course you know in Hebrew we have a saying uh, saying yavoli. so what you fear this is what you'll get mm-hmm. So fulfilling prophecy yeah that's exactly what happened to me and um so losing control not being in control that was a huge fear and this is one of the biggest fears for all humanity i guess
1: H- how 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 did it actually what do you mean it actually Manifest. happened how so?
2: Um, so my wife was about to get birth we were about to go to the hospital and then she told me I cannot, you know, I cannot stand it. And then she just sat down and uh, I understood that it's going to maybe something will happen. And I called Mada, you know, 911. And they told me, prepare the towels. Oh and my he- God. And heat up the room. And I tell them, what do you mean? She's not going to give birth. And they tell me, well, it sounds like this. I mean, what do you mean She's it sounds like this? Because she was saying... Um, a couple of phrases that usually women say before, they give birth like this. She was saying, uh, I'm pushing. And I was innocent. I was saying, what What do you mean? You're not giving birth here, right? For me, after the birth of my first, my, my son, I said, I don't want to be, again, in the labor room <laughs> because I'm out of control. You know, the, the nurse, and she was in control, and then I had to just watch, like, you know, behind the curtain and don't not, not not do nothing. And for me as let's say a combat specialist, not doing nothing is sort of a small suicide. Wait, know? but I didn't understand. So you ended up giving birth
0: to
1: her or
2: Yeah. So,
1: uh, not giving birth, to birthing her, birthing yeah. her, yes,
2: yeah. So uh, that's what happened. Eventually, that uh, he told me that. I told him, no, no, she's not but going. That to... was baby number two. Yes. Ah, okay. So the first time I it, said, yeah, all by uh, the plan. Yeah. Second the... time, now because of my let's say trauma from the first time, I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to be there again. I don't want to face this. I, you know, next time you give birth, I'm outside the room. Yes. Just give me the baby. Uh, but you didn't plan <laughs> for it to. No. So you had to deliver. Yeah, I delivered my daughter. Oh my god! And my son was screaming on my leg, screaming on my leg, because he was frightened. Because my wife had a lot of pain. She didn't have a pedora. How old is he? Um, three. Ah, right now I think is uh, two, maybe. Uh, uh, it oh. was. It was at two. Yeah. When okay. yeah, so we already understood the the you know the the fear the fearful si- situation, and she told like she was also in pain he was screaming and um my daughter you know bottom line i'm holding my daughter and she's not breathing and um in that moment i had to implement one of the tools that i explained in the book or in the lecture and i really implemented it and this what helped me let's say raise and uh, like the idea of how to help her popped in my head so it was brought from my subconscious to the conscious mind and um, I recalled that in the first labor the nurse was you know scrubbing the back of of my my boy of my son because this way I didn't know that they trying to to make him breathe you know and scream and cry and I was doing that and um, half a minute before I was in complete shock Complete shock. Holding my baby, she's connected connected with the umbilical cord, and this is a shocking and terrifying moment. And um, your wife is
1: the F is Mada. (laughs) (laughs) Did they not show up? What? They didn't show up. They didn't show up.
2: Mada. Mada. They didn't showed up a couple of minutes after. She was out, and I was holding her. Oh my god! <laughs> she like, also, All right, everything's good here. Yeah.
0: Bye. Not yeah. Yeah, that
2: Someone was. Someone called
0: uh, us. But uh, wh- what did your wife? Wh- how was she reacting to the situation when the baby's
2: out and not breathing? She was screaming at me, and she's saying, "Why do something? Yeah, do something!" And then I had to, you know, cope and say everything is okay because I was about i th- i I thought my wife was about to pass out of pain you know and i told them everything is okay and i'm in shock so this is a situation (laughs) and my baby and my son is holding screaming and no towels the room is cold relatively cold and
1: and and you cut the umbilical cord
2: no so i was waiting so Mara arrived after a couple of minutes and they did that
1: so you can leave the umbilical cord attached. I mean, I have no idea. I've never been in this situation or anything yeah, yeah, near yeah, to yeah. it. You can leave yeah, it attached. Yeah, you can leave it. Okay, for a mm. few minutes. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh,
0: but in the but, how did you make the baby breathe in the end? By technique of, of rubbing. Yeah, I was scrubbing, mm-hmm. scrubbing that one, mm-hmm.
2: her back, and um, wow, you know, and I also cleaned her nose mm-hmm. because she was full of liquids. Mm-hmm. Yeah and she was suffocating from that Hmm. so you have to clean it and
1: how by blowing into the mouth uh, or something or blowing? I I
2: know I just you know try to pull it and uh, to open her mouth and take it out and the moment you see she breathes it's like and she's not breathing like in the movies it's not like that she's breathing uh barely like you know small breathings Mm -hmm. of a baby just born she didn't cry so we were still in, in shock Wow. So
1: you said you mentioned this is just insane, but you mentioned that you use techniques to deal with your fear. And that's what helped you get to the point where you realized even what to do. So what how did you deal with it?
2: Yeah. So the technique that I used in that case was a tool that I call him in the book. When you're in a stressful situation, when you're in shock, what you should do is first of all, Realize that you're in shock. Like, understand and admit that you're in shock. Admit that you're in shock and say to yourself, Right now, I'm afraid. I'm really afraid right now. Now, there is a cliche of, you know, we are being taught when we are scared to say, Beat the fear, overcome the fear, you know, don't fear. No fear. This is a brand. No fear, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is that the brain doesn't work that way. The, the, when you're doing that, you're basically facing a wall. Your subconscious says, oh, really? You're not afraid? I'm going to show you that you're afraid right now. You are really afraid. And when you're doing the opposite, you're cooperating and saying, okay, I'm really afraid. I'm super afraid. What happens is something really interesting. The fear level drops. So I can just try this with you right now and with our listeners. If you will now take, if you you have an exam tomorrow, you are afraid of dealing with the person in your life, or you have a specific fear. I want you now. You can just repeat the phrase. I am right now scared of David. I am right now scared of my exam. I am right now scared of my illness. When you're saying that, now, repeat a couple of times in your brain, what will happen is the fear drops. Why? Because you are breaking the resistance. You see, we all know that where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focused in something, then the energy flows there. The problem is that the human brain is working by a negative default, means he is negative by default he's thinking nev- negatively in default now let's take an example. Think of something that you have to deal with. Are you saying to yourself, and what happen it will be succe- super successful and what happen if I will be uh, so amazing in that And what happen if it goes well? Do we do that? We don't do that we What do we do? What happen if I fail? What happen if I lose? Mm-hmm because the defense mechanism is stronger. So when you understand that, you're not even trying to break this. You're now, when you're saying, okay, I admit, you take the fear from the subconscious, you put it on the table, and the fear was, until now, it was a monster, right? It was the unseen monster. Because what the fear is fed from? From the dark children are afraid of the dark because the dark is a symbol of the un- unknown. So when you're putting it on the table, you're shining the spotlight on him, on the fear. Now, the fear doesn't have anything to eat from. Because he was eating from the darkness. When you're putting it on the table, he has no food.
0: But The problem is when when you go from thinking um, techniques to actually doing the action, right? I know it from like dating and hitting up on girls. If I have friends who I have friends, not me. I have friends who sometimes who have issues with that, right? Yeah. And the fear. So you can I can tell them like what they should do and how they should think. But then when they need to actually do the action, they are just par- they just can't do it, they're just paralyzed. So how do you bridge the gap between thought experiments and actual actions?
2: You now ask the one million dollar question. Yeah. That's why we brought you. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but the thing is that probably those guys in that moment are like you know, what are you telling them or what is anybody that's standing by, you know, a good wingman supposed to do? Dude, you're amazing. You're great. You're going to, you know, you you look great. You don't have nothing to fear, right? And that's maybe the opposite It's like, dude, I understand it's scary as hell. Like you don't know what she's going to say. You don't know if she's going to reject you. Like that's technically what you should be saying,
2: right? Instead of saying don't fear, you have all the nothing will happen. You have the looks, you have the brains, everything is okay it doesn't interest the subconscious. The subconscious says, dude, dude, what you're doing now, you're putting yourself into a danger. Because for us, in the brain, the brain is, you know, we have two main parts in the brain. I would say the prefrontal cortex and the back brain with the amygdala. It's what interests us. The amygdala is the, it's a gland. It's like the ways. So it recognizes Dangers and you, it, put its, it puts you away from them. The problem with the amygdala is that it doesn't recognize between real dangers and challenges. So for the amygdala, every change that you make in life, every move that is a little bit different from your routine, for the amygdala, is a danger of survival. Survival means death. You think, yeah, maybe, you know, someone will reject me. No, no, no. The amygdala interprets it as a survival danger. But why? Because um, this is a defense mechanism. Imagine that every time you put your hand on a boiler, like a hot water, imagine that you would have to calculate and say, oh, this is a boiling water. I should take out a the hand because otherwise I'm gonna get burned. No, it doesn't happen. Like what happens automatically, boom, you take out a hand. Because for example, if you get cut in your hand, what happens automatically? You don't just say, okay, um, there's a cut in the pinky. Please send the vitamin K. Please say, send the, you know, uh, the blood cells, white blood cells. No, it happens automatically. Because the subconscious runs our life and the the reason is efficiency. We would not be able to live if there is not an automatic pilot working for us. We would use and spend too much time in calculations. Like, you know, for us it looks so obvious that we know how to walk, how to play ball, how to play the piano. But what happens is an automatic mechanism and When you understand that, then you understand that your thoughts, what you're feeling right now, there is nothing to do with the thoughts and you. When you're making the, so the tool that I want to present is disconnecting the stimulation from the reaction, disconnecting your thoughts from you. So your thoughts are not what you, you are not your thoughts. This is an idea we have to... It's hard to to take in. So when when you're about to approach a woman, a girl, and you think she will reject me, understand that the person, the campaigner who says that, is not you, is the back brain, is the amygdala, who interprets this action as a survival. Falsely interprets. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well... You know, until she rejects you, yeah. until, <laughs> and then un- it's like I told you so. <laughs> until
2: she pulls out a gun and shoot you, this is a, <laughs> yeah. this could happen yeah. also.
1: But it depends where you're picking up women <laughs> <laughs> in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, but let me ask you: Is do you think that because you're describing fear as like the survival uh, uh, instinct, right? This uh, emotion that's tied to our survi- our drive to survive is that the only place where Fear is really useful in a situation where you're, you know, you have the, you're at risk of getting shot or getting killed or whatever. Or is fear useful also in day to day? Is no, it a good thing.
2: As human, we should use fear wisely. So we don't need to walk only on survival mode, um, as we are not animals. So animals walk by survival. Most people work by survival. Uh, we want to walk consciously so when you understand that fear is not only for survival because we understood the amygdala you understand that it's not survival right 99 percent of the cases you're not going to die right when you understand that so the fear could play a role of for example which i discuss fear is a very strong indication that you're on the verge of a breakthrough when you feel fear as humans need to understand the, feel, the fear says look man, you are about to make a breakthrough so please um, make the plan plan your plans also get a backup plan and now let's get it on for us fear is an indication for a breakthrough
1: brace for impact but basically
0: but what if you know I, c- I can't help but think about uh to me the best scene in modern literature that deals with fear is from uh, dune i don't know if you guys read it uh, the sci-fi book you're gonna Eitan. have to paint us the scene. so the hero uh he's a he's destined to great things right and the beginning the very beginning of the book a wizard comes a woman wizard from a cult she comes to test him and if he passes the test then he's really the the messiah and what's the test uh, she she gives him a box, and he needs to put his hand in the box. And she puts a needle with poison to his neck. And and she he uh, uh, he asks what's in the box, and she says pain. But if he takes out his hand, she kills him with with the. And he goes through great pain, for a few good minutes, like excruciating pain, and he passes the test. But and then he has this mantra, ha-pachad uh, kotela bina is the, the killer of, of insight. I don't know how it's in English, but he keeps knowledge. telling himself. Yes, of knowledge, and he keeps telling himself that. And that's his mantra, and this is how he passes through. So my question is, he knows the fear. He's, he should be afraid. So then your technique is maybe less relevant, because what if the,
2: the fear has basis? And so you are going to suffer greatly. Right. So first of all, fear is not a system error. We should fear. Fear is good. We don't want to eliminate fear. We don't want to overcome fear. We want to understand what it signals. So in some cases, it signals real danger. Now, when I say survival, I don't mean that by uh, uh, getting rejected or failing in an exam, you're going to die. I'm just saying that the subconscious... in think that this could lead to death. Why? Because if you're trying and you're you're trying, you're failing. If you're failing, this means that you don't worth nothing. If you don't worth nothing, you're going to not succeed in life and eventually die because of that. This is the interpretation of the subconscious. In some cases, as we understand that fear is an indication for a breakthrough. In some cases, we need to understand, okay, the fear signals some things something so we need to divide it to general two general heads of the fear on the one hand if you will elimin- eliminate your fear you're going to die really because you're going to stand on the top of the Empire Stale building right and you say i don't have any fear and you will jump but if you're standing now right now uh, on this chair here and you're super scared that you're going to die <laughs> because you fall this is a wrong Um, spiritual movement of fear this is too much already
0: so if i know but again back to my question so if i know i'm afraid because something like i have an operation or some or i have tooth uh, treatment i know it's going to be very bad i know it so then how do i deal
2: with the fear all right so first of all as we said admit accept understand that it's it makes sense OK, when you say that and you repeat the the, the, the mantra, of, I'm now scared of this. You have to try it. The fear drops. Yeah. And, um, you the know, the truth I- is it
1: applies to pain as well. Like the same the same uh, approach. Like if you say I'm in pain right now mm-hmm. and you take a step back and you try and recognize the fact that you are not your pain, like yeah. you're not your fear. And you're not your thoughts, then it also helps to reduce.
2: I wanna I wanna tell you something. We want to feel strong fear before an operation. We want this.
0: Otherwise you're, otherwise you're a psychopath.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a good mechanism. How could you eliminate such a fear? If you're eliminating that, you're not you're insane. But we want to reduce the fear levels. Or to take it and use it, and as an energy. If you are now in front, of, you're standing in front of someone who is maybe you know talking aggressively with you, and it might lead to to violence. Then this fear is good because you're going to the fear is going to send by the hypothalamus. We have a part of the brain. Hypothalamus is in charge to um, send the signals to the physical body. So it sends the signal to send them uh to, to you know, for the blood flow, for the heartbeat, for your pupils to uh, to dilate. To dilate. To to your hair to your hair to be small. To stand. To stand. And uh we don't have a nice fancy name for
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us a story from your life.
0: There's the the story, can you tell it? the big one
2: all right the yeah. big story yes. you, you refer to the terror attack yes okay what year is it it was uh in the end of 2015 hmm. i was in uh, in my car i was a paying about to pay my tuition in rishon lezion i used to live in rishon back at the time and um then i hear screamings of many people you know sp- running all, all all around and i um understand that something is going on and I look for something in my car to you know like an object to, to protect myself or to use it this was a time of the it, it it's now called the the, the kni- knife intifada yeah the knife intifada also referred to the third intifada because you know it was daily uh, knife terror attacks like of individuals who had nothing to do with each other it wasn't organized right and that's why it was so dangerous because we could not track them it's hard so you didn't have
1: your gun at this time?
2: No. I had my gun because of this terror attack. I, after the terror attack, I say, you know, next time I don't use any Krav Maga. I don't use my hands. I don't I don't have, you know, I just shoot. <laughs> yeah, bring a gun to a knife fight.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So. okay,
2: so what happened? So I go, I go out and then I was all, almost ran by a car and by this time my heartbeat is already 200 and uh, I see like a... An aggressive running guy with a black coat, you know, it was pretty hot. So it was not it's a suspicious sign, right? We have suspicious signs in combat. You need to recognize suspicious signs. Basically two groups of signs. Appearance, body language, and um and also we have appearance, First of appearance it what it wears. Like if it's summer and it's wearing a black coat, then it's suspicious, right? and uh, body language is eyes sweat voice the location of hands etc and um and equipment what he's carrying if he's carrying a bag or so i recognize this and i understand that probably this is a terror attack and then he's tapping an old lady in her back she's immediately falling down and this was a shocking moment this was a shocking moment and uh but you were in Dovevan. Yeah, but I was also already a civilian and I was not with any gear, any equipment. I was not with my comrades. I was about to pay my tuition, you know, I was so out of I would not I, I was I was not in a combat state of mind. This is completely from 0 to 200.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in Dovevan you probably don't see stabbing of old ladies in the middle of the street, right?
2: yeah this uh, this is a hard sight. yeah you see other stuff but you don't see that probably yeah so what do you do so i leap over her i i was you know in a split of a say i had to calculate if i'm going to stay and help her or proceed i decided to proceed because the first principle in comba- combat is to first neutralize the threat and then help the wounds so i do that and i run towards him and um in that time that i was about to engage the contact physical contact i begin to think about um how they would take my mother how i died what happened why this happened like i'm f- i i feel a lot of sorrow because of that on my mother on my father because in knife this is what i teach in instinct in our organization that in knife it's either you die or you get stabbed like it's really probable to get stabbed and severely stabbed I understand that and I uh tell myself like my body tells me stop so I have a block I feel that my legs are becoming really heavy like I'm really not able to run like I was running you see in the movie but I felt like my body was paralyzed but I was keeping running and my lungs were flat of fear. But then I had the this sentence popped in my head repeatedly Lota amod al dam which is from the Torah do not stand idly by the blood of your neighbor. And this keeps so I have a strong conflict between this sentence and my survival. Like, this is real survival now. This is not a game. And so I think about this, and then my I'm all, all, almost paralyzed, but then I keep in. I understood that I'm the only guy probably that could probably beat this terrorist. I have the skills, I should do that. And um, this actually, this. This is an important point that I explain in the, in my lecture. When you have a strong deep subconscious belief value in, in like in in a, in a certain value this will harness fear for your advantage. So if you have let's say um a challenge in your life. Sit today tonight make a cup of coffee, and ask yourself, this challenge that I have in my life, what is the value behind what I'm going to do? So you're now creating this p- amazing podcast. But you have, before you began, maybe you had the feeling of fear, the challenge, it's the first thing, it's the first time maybe, and then you could s- sit down and ask yourself, what is the value behind what we do here? Fame and girls, fame, <laughs> money, fortune, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know you're kidding. But if this specific reason is strong enough in your subjective world, this is good enough. So make a list and then make. By a the way, del- when you're s- delusional, <laughs> but <laughs> no, By the way, <laughs> when you storm a ter-
0: terrorist, it's also you. It's all you could also become famous, and girls will be like all over you. <laughs>
2: So it's also a great motivation i think <laughs> believe me you don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is a tool that, that i say uh, you can find the value and war and this will harness the fear why because there is a strong passion of the subconscious to create equivalence to create an, an um, let's to say a comparison at between. Amma. ah okay you know, like fit to fit between the subconscious and uh, to the subconscious mind. So he would it would basically what they do. It would say, "So my subconscious pattern is the value of saving lives. So okay, now we are going to use the fear in order to implement and take into action our values. So I understand that I'm going to go for it, and then I shout at the terrorists. Like whoa! like a r- strong shower he
0: in with his back to you, or? yes, okay,
2: it was about to stab more people, so we. Yeah. I, wad- I wanted I wanted to turn towards me, mm-hmm. so he turned towards me, and this this split of a second was like a movie, like it was like you f- it was freezing moment. He was looking at me, he was hesitant, and I see the knife with blood, and then I say, Oh, Kfir, now let's see if you're training was worth a while. <laughs> Again, but no gear, no guns, you're naked now, right? So I decided on a certain technique of a push kick. It's like jumping with a push kick because the methodology says in this moment, specific moment, it was the right thing to do. I jumped on him, and then he fled to the store. And then that moment that he fled to the store, I knew inside that this guy is mine.
1: You, you actually kicked him? Or? Yeah. Ah, okay, and I then kicked he him. fell?
2: No, no, he was you know pushed back, and then he fled to the store and tried to stab the cashier, and he actually stabbed, uh, cut her shirt, um, and then... Why did you know he's yours? Because, first of all, energetically, I felt that, and second of all, tactically, you're with a knife, I hope that terrorists don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you're with a knife. You have a huge advantage over me. And you could stay and, st- and stab. Instead, you're running away from me. Just Let's imagine the situation in his head, in his brain. He's stabbed already, severely stabbed one guy on the bus. He's scared shitless. Yeah. And then he stabbed another old lady. Imagine the morality of this person talking about morals. And then he was trying to stop more people, the cashier. And then there was some oh before that, there's someone like a lunatic shouting at him, turning like and jumping on him while the others are running away from him. So you know, it's in, in combat we have a principle, you should become your attacker should understand that you're crazier than him. Now, you need to be a psychopath, a control psychopath, we call it. A, a psychopath under control means that you use the characteristics of a psychopath in combat. So I really became crazy man for a second, function in, with functional crazy man, you know. And um, in some moments in life, we should be crazy. We should just be crazy... Because Mm -hmm. another tool that I talk about in the book and in the lecture, um, breakthroughs mostly happen when fear is present. So sometimes you need to run into a storm and find the solutions as we go. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like Mm -hmm. you need to jump into the storm, understand the fear is there. And breakthroughs mostly happen when the fear is present. Imagine in your life that fear is present then you made the podcast. Then you were able to approach this uh, guy that you wanted to, to, to have business with. When the, when the fear was present, you work better. You are sharper mm-hmm. sometimes. And, um, and you need to run into a storm and find a solu- solution as you go. Okay, so, Trust that maybe the solution would pop out in the stress.
1: So you didn't run into a storm. You ran into a store. And then, which is, in this case, much scarier. And so, what happens?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, and then I try to, I take like a stand of a lot of the What was like a, you know, cream store?
0: Oh Far, no! What? He threw a cream at him. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was a cream store. It was, um, and then um, I take him and crash him to the to the corner to you know to create an advantage, like a tactical advantage. He's still holding the knife. Yeah, he's trying to stab me. And I'm, br- I'm using the, the stand of products, and I'm crushing him, and I'm crushing him, and I'm crushing him, and he just wouldn't stop. And this guy has only one option to die. Like he, do- he doesn't feel the pain. You understand the adrenaline that he has? He doesn't feel any pain. I was crushing him, his face, his body, everything. And then I understand that the only thing I could do, I need to cut the oxygen o- oxygen supply to his brain. Otherwise, it would just continue. And so I did. While doing that, I was, you know, approaching for, for a choke. You can see that in the video, actually. But you were in front of him, right? Bashing yeah. him. How is he
1: not stabbing you in the neck? Or, I don't know,
2: anywhere else. Because I was uh, protecting and crashing him. with. The you
0: it. were blocking him with
2: your arms? and No, no, no. no. It was a strong uh, stand, like a really wide one, mm. you know? it's It was... But, and then you moved behind him to choke him? No. Then, eventually, he kneeled. What? He kneeled just from the crashes some, mm. somehow. And he was trying still. And then I implemented another technique, deploying the knife. I went for the hand of the knife and made a technique to deploy the knife. And then we were all, both uh, fighting over the knife. But it was all creamy. So I couldn't get the knife because I oh said, okay, God. I get the knife... Then I'm done with you, pal. So I couldn't get the knife. And then I said it that I'm just going to throw, throw it at us out. And this is what I said. I throwed it. And, uh, you know, funny, I w- in the hospital, there was a nurse that was uh, taking care of me. And she was saying, uh, you're the guy from the terror attack in Rishon And I said, yeah. So he says, how come you smell so well? <laughs> Your skin is so soft. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell her, it was a pharmacy. It was cream all around, you know. Like, the only thing that was... You should get cream for the rest of your yeah. life. You know, <laughs> it's, <the> like,
1: <laughs> it's like, even in the midst
2: of a terror attack, I exfoliate. <laughs> I'm a man. If a man needs to. You know, if you're, you know, I say, I always say, if you get into a terror attack, at least, you know, get out with the class, you know, classic. A classic. <laughs> Don't
0: forget to moisturize. So, how <laughs> did you end up cho- cho- choking? So, after you threw the knife, you just reach
2: for for. I choking. reached for his neck with my right hand. Mm-hmm and I crushed his throat and
0: like you see in the movie when you take and you do this
2: movement and you just no, it, I didn't crush like totally. Like I was suffocating him. Okay. And then I went for the rear naked joke and I choked him until he passed out. Could you kill him? Yes. If you wanted and you chose not to. So what happened? Look, it was a chaos man. it was a chaos. What happened is that I'm choking him. And then, um, is all the, like a lot of saliva going out of, him. he's about to die. And then the police officer arrived and then they immediately took them, took him out of my hands. And, uh, If they
0: wouldn't her- arrive, what do you think would happen?
2: Look, if he would resist, if he would resist, still resisting, I, I, I my plan was to kill him. That was, that's my plan because, um, operationally there is not such a thing a neutralized terrorist unless he is handcuffed with two handcuffs on his hands and legs and is laying down on the floor with his face to the ground i was in a in of the van in, in, it, in, a, in an operation i was handcuffing a guy behind his his back and he was beating me with his tooth so you see and beating a person is dangerous he could do damage so he's not really neutralized so i'm talking about complete neutralizations this is what i think operationally and i and while i was soft, uh, choking him he was taking glasses from the ground and he was trying to cut me like he was on the verge of dying he's still operating as a fighter so he's cutting me now. This is not a neutralized guy. So it yeah. it it uh it's hard not to think of
1: certain uh um you know big stories. Yeah. Uh when you mention that a neutralized terrorist is a, either is a, a dead him. terrorist or yeah I don't so, know if there are, audience. I don't know if I want to get, yeah. So Elor Azaria was, uh, in 2012, 13, something like that. a uh, video came out of a soldier who, uh, there was, uh, a, a terrorist that had in the West in bank Hebron. who had tried to commit a terrorist attack. And then he was uh, shot by soldiers and he was lying on the ground, still alive and not then neutralized, they, not, handcuffed, not handcuffed or anything like that. And, uh, a soldier by the name of Elor Azaria shot him uh, and killed point him. Point blank. Point blank. Uh, not point blank, but from a couple of meters yeah. away. Um, so I, I don't want to get too political, but I mean, I have to ask what you and think about faced,
0: that. And he faced jail, essentially. Yeah. And in Israel, there's this, there are two movements, right? Those who say, if you come out of such an attack and he's alive, you failed. And those who say,
2: like, uh, we need him alive. So this discussion is, we can divide it into the moral discussion and the professional discussion. If we talk about about morals, I can 100% say a terrorist should be dead. But I do agree that coming after 15 minutes or that, it doesn't look good. Like it yeah. looks as if you, you know, it. I understand, but I, I would say, you know, I was in scenes the terrorist was about to die, and the, the fear that you fear when you see a terrorist lying with the coat on the ground. The only thing that goes into my mind is that is is wearing an exploding belt. So I think about it operationally. You know, this was the policy in the in the second Intifada. You have videos. Of terrorists being executed on scene, from the distance, because they were suspected to wear a belt. Things have changed, as you said. This became already a political issue, and um, things have changed. It looks much worse right now to do such a thing. But operationally, it's really dangerous to leave a living a terrorist on scene, and. Um,
1: Unrestrained.
2: Unrestrained. This is so not professional. Oh, the whole scene of Lorazaria was a complete chaos. Mm-hmm. And um, this oh, guy... So your scene
0: was complete chaos.
2: Right. But, you know, I I, uh, I didn't have the chance to, to wait 10 minutes and then decide if I kill him or not. Yeah. Yeah. It was on scene. How, how bad were you hurt, by the way? I was hurt by all the things that was were thrown at me. Like, they were... People trying to th- throw things at him, <laughs> and they <laughs> <laughs> injured me. I was actually injured from this, from them. But it felt good because but I didn't manage to stab you. So super, really. I, I suspect that I have a stabbing in my leg. The doctors didn't tell me one hundred percent that it's from the from the stab, mm. because I was cut all over my body with glasses and um you couldn't tell which is which yes i think like honestly i think that he stabbed me like i didn't get the the 100 from the doctors i just i think because you know maybe i recall that moment that he was slicing it was so chaos i don't remember
1: you don't you don't really feel the pain at that moment because there's so much adrenaline
2: no no pain the medics Tell uh, the medic approached me and he tells me, Dude you have to I, I have to take you to the hospital and I tell him why. <laughs> I'm good. What do, what do you and think then, yes and then I see a river of blood mm. going out of my leg.
0: But what do you think to yourself the moment you realize you are not going to die today? What do you mean? Right after you disabled him, right? Then you realize you won the battle, right? So what do you think to
2: yourself then? I would say nirvana. You know what is nirvana? Yeah. Like complete chill. Like full adrenaline. Full adrenaline. But at the same time, complete chill. Because you understand this is over.
0: Did you feel something similar in your service? Or this was like nothing compares to this?
2: When you break in a house of a terrorist your heartbeat is about to like to get your your heart is about to get out like get out of your chest after half a minute the whole house is under control and the terrorist is down you have your friend yes but when you're taking the terrorist you recognize that okay this is the terrorist i have him i would say that is a similar feeling I was attacked by terrorists in my military service. Um, I know this feeling. But I would say that um, as a, this was the most aggressive attack that I have experienced because I was alone with no gear. So it's, it's a little more intense.
1: Is it the first time they drew blood? What do you mean? Is it the first time a terrorist drew blood from you? Your from me? blood. Yeah.
2: yeah. Let's think. Yes.
0: I can I ask something personal? Yeah. Uh the Keeper. Was it there before or is it a consequence?
2: Everything is a consequence, but it's not this not a consequence of this event. But it was there it before it was not before. Okay. Um I'm coming from let's say a very traditional home. So I grew up on in traditional home and um but i always had let's say one step ahead in that terms and uh as time went by i became more let's say spiritual i was looking for answers and uh, i was exploring the whole world of spirit and, and in particular not only judaism by the way like i am i have insights about a lot of religions and movements and um but in particular, the Judaism, uh, obviously, was um, I was captivated, and I, um, I understood that this is how I'm going to live my life. And uh, my wife is also religious, so my I, I grow up. My she's I, scarier than a terrorist. <laughs>
1: oh my god. Don't get him in trouble. He's talking <laughs> about his wife. Don't uh... Oh, wives, man. Wives. It's But but it's the real terror. I- isn't it? Oh god. There's Poor a comp- guy Sharon never gets 57 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <We> should... <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe, man. <laughs> I'm going to cut it and send this to her.
0: I love you, baby. Uh, we should add the chapter of <laughs> few of women in the <laughs> yeah. movie. But but isn't it a little bit ironic because as as they say your you fear god fearing man right being religious is
2: being in fear of god tamid <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what you refer i guess uh there's a saying, ashra adam it at like a uh, like <laughs> is what i was yeah. yeah yes um there is two phases of the, our relationship with god is yirah. The Ahava. Fear and love. Yes, but, but actually, Ira is not the it's, correct translation yeah. for fear. There is a different... I, I, I don't have the term in English. I don't think that there, there you're is a humble term. and afraid. Appre-
1: apprehension or... It's like fear and humble.
2: Maybe res- fear, respect respect with fear. You know, like yeah. out of a king, let's say you're not afraid from the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, so... As we said fear is not a, is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're uh, afraid not you don't want to, you know, um, drive in red. How do you say?
1: You don't want to burn a red light.
2: Yeah, right? Sometimes the the road is empty, complete empty from 2 kilometers, still you're afraid from the policeman, right? You maybe, but others yeah. in Israel not so much. <laughs> so if you're afraid from the police the police, then it's good this is exactly the moment that you want to have fear because maybe there is something that you don't understand you need to have that this is a humble of understanding sometimes we want to have the fear to 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 prevent us to make an error in the higher level love is the real relationship like the the judaism says that the true connection with god like the deepest connection with God is by love. So when you're younger, it's based more on fear. Don't do that, otherwise you do Now, When you grow up, you understand that it doesn't have to be like that. It's about more love and understanding and assimilating is the hut. Identifying. Uh, identifying with the values. So in the Judaism, we are supposed to... Uh, become godly
1: mm-hmm.
2: and in, in many other religions also. Okay. Amazing.
0: Really inspiring stuff. Yeah, so really. the book is in
1: Hebrew. If you speak Hebrew, um, it's called Unconventional we- uh, Weapon, Neshek Lo uh We were just talking about whether you're going to translate it. And you said you're considering uh, doing some lectures in English. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Yes. But you are
0: doing lectures. Like if someone wants to book a lecture via Zoom abroad, they can yes, reach I out. I have
2: my, um, like my flagship lecture, which is called Fear Wisely, in which I give the 10 keys of fear. We discard, I think, maybe three keys in this uh, time. And uh, the 10 keys of fear, which are powerful tools in order to prevent p- paralysis and freezing, and also how to use fear wisely in, uh, in your life, in the routine and in an emergency. And uh, this is the lecture. And I'm considering maybe le- making, instead of translating the book into English, making a course, an online course on the book.
0: But in the meantime, people can reach out to you to order oh, yeah. lectures. How, how can days, people
2: reach out? I have my website, uh, kfiritzchaki.com. You spell that com. ITZ, right? Right. So K F I R I T Z, H A K I yes
1: H A K I I okay.
2: dot com yes you can reach my Facebook also my Instagram we'll um yeah.
0: and also you have an or, an international martial arts uh organization? it's a combat
2: instruction organization which called Instinct mm-hmm. Integrated where Israeli. are you operating we have branches in Italy Switzerland Mexico in uh, Spain. Honduras, wow. in Honduras, uh, in Ecuador. So wow. how can people uh, look into that? Just Google them like you can reach out to me and also you can Google. You can just write instinct for example, if you want your country, instinct Spain or instinct Italy, you will find them. Okay. And they have locations that probably really help if you do instinct martial art. or instinct no, So program. it's not a martial art. It teach more combat instinct combat instinct oh no instinct integrated israeli combatives this is the full name okay. we have a page and amazing. i give courses you know I, I i i would say five times per year i fly around like uh, to a couple of countries
0: nice
1: amazing guys so
2: look up kfir Itzhaki, go to the website
1: com. look out for links on this post um, and rejoice yes and uh, be afraid yes be afraid. Um, before we go, we are sponsored by The Forward. Yes, forward.com slash 2NJB. Uh, you get a special uh, exclusive offer for podcast listeners. Six months for 15 bucks. So check them out, forward.com slash 2NJB. Forward is a great source for news, opinion, all through a Jewish lens. Yes. Forward.com slash 2NJB.
0: Also, what's Cheva? Yes. Israel National News dot com. Check them out for great content
1: in English about uh, Israel. And also. Yeah. And AJN Australian Jewish News. AJN dot times of Israel dot com for an Australian perspective. Also, we are. This podcast is sponsored by Massa Israel yes. Journey. Check them out, guys. Really, really highly recommended. Like I said, I came to Israel on Massa programs. Massa dot org slash. Two Nice Jewish Boys, spelled out T-W-O, Nice Jewish Boys. Check them out. And lastly, we accept donations. Yes, we so do Help us our out. free time. So if you want to help us out, 2NJB.com slash donate. Thank you so much, Phil Thank you very much. Bye, guys. It's a real pleasure. Bye. Bye.